T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's not yet Friday, and Scott Boris has already signed clients to almost a billion dollars in baseball contracts, $814 million to be exact, on three players in three days, Anthony Rendon heading to L.A., $245 mil for seven years. What have you done this week? <laughs> Probably not that much. Home and home of Radio.com Sports Original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check out the smartest way to hire. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. Week 15 of the NFL season also kicks off tonight. Ravens and Jets. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker in Pennsylvania. And the Nick Costos joins us every Thursday to kick off this show. It's week 15 of the NFL season, as we mentioned. Things are getting really interesting right when Costos goes on vacation to start week 16 of the NFL. I don't know anyone other than Ross that's more into the NFL season than you. How do you go on vacation week 16 of the NFL season, Costos? And good morning to both of you. For, for, do you, you look interesting there with the clean shave there, Mr. Briggs. That's why people need the radio.com app so they can watch the show. Kind of look like an overgrown hey. penis. Like an overgrown penis, I would say, with the, oh. with, with the shave, with the no hair on the face. Kind of got a little phallic thing going on there. Good morning. Good to talk to you guys. Hey. Yeah, hey. I'll be on a so beach next two, week. Two thoughts. Two thoughts. As soon as Costos, Dave, said yeah. you looked interesting. Interesting <laughs> is not good. When someone says that somebody looks interesting, every time Costos has come on this show, he has commented about how handsome you are, how good-looking you are, your it's attire. It's, I think it's fair to say your clean-shaven look, Dave, has devastated Nick Costos, and he is well. legitimately disappointed in you. Well, I'm not devastated. Yeah. I'm, I'm devastated for him. It's like, why would you do that, Dave? Like, the facial hair is a great look for you. Give you a little scratch. This is not working for you, buddy. It's not bad. It's just not great. Wow. You got to get the facial I, hair back. <laughs> Being honest with you. You're better looking I, than I am. I admit it. But, like, you got to get the facial hair back. Facial hair does a little something for you. you you're missing it right now. Just like I'll be missing I very work next much. week. I, I appreciate it. your honesty, man. I, I do. So I'm going to grow it back over Christmas. Because you need a little time, you know? You need a little bit of uh, off-camera for me, my other job off camera time. So I, I'll grow it back. I feel that. I Can I ask you guys something? Like Can yeah. I ask you guys something? I now look at pictures of me before I had facial hair and I hate it. it like, I how hate do do how I look. I think I look hideous. When did, when and why did we get to the point in society where most people, we, we feel like most men look better with facial hair. I had no idea. I made fun of all the millennials that had beards. I don't even know. I think I just got lazy after last football season and stopped shaving. And all of a sudden I liked it. Like what the hell happened in our society where a really good looking guy like Dave Briggs all of a sudden looks horrible because he has no facial hair. And we like all know it. Yeah, like a penis. I don't know. It's a good question. Jesus, Nick. <laughs> Sorry, Ken. Like, apologies, man. You got one bad day in your entire life. Must be hard. No, it's just it's Poor just guy. the phallic. It's just the phallic reference, quite frankly. Like, uh, yeah, 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 it kind of looked like a penis. Sorry. If I was bald, but dude, I got this big head. Of, I don't know what yours looks like, but I got a big head of hair up here. 
Well, head what, of what, hair. What, what do you mean you don't know what mine looks like? Look, I'm, I got a fucking mane, <laughs> like a fucking lion. Look majestic, motherfucker. Look at this thing. Roar. Speaking of that, Costos, <laughs> is that... Is that like a lion rug that you're wearing as a sweatshirt? It's a tie-dye what, what hoodie. What is that? Tie-dye hoodie. It's a red, a little white, a little black. Todd Snyder. Shout out to Todd Snyder. Great like clothing brand here in New York. Tie-dye hoodie. You little would be the kind of color. guy. You would yeah. be the kind of guy that like shout outs a, a, a clothing brand. And My goal is, is to it? be sponsored by them. Yes, that that is accurate. I will shout out all the clothing brands I like. There's no doubt about it. Shame, shamelessly. No Lululemon. Lululemon, baby. You, you Lululemon. would wear Lululemon. Yeah, you would. Hey, you know what this yeah. is? A free radio.com sports t-shirt, okay? And I am sponsored by radio.com, all right? And it looks awesome, and it fits, and I didn't spend a zillion dollars like you two losers did. Radio.com for life. This is great yeah. content for those that can't see us right now. <laughs> Award-winning fucking content right here on Home and Home. Costos, you never answered my question. How the hell do you go on vacation in week 16 of the NFL season? That is, I mean, that's just anti That's just flat out wrong. You're fired. Does that mean I get to disconnect right now and go back to bed? Is that is that true or no? I, I, that, I, my, my, I can see my bed kind of right there. I would love. I'll, I'll I'll fucking hang up right now and go back to bed if I'm fired. That'll be great. Um, yeah. I I got a little anxiety. It's my mom's 60th birthday next week. It's actually my mom's 60th birthday on Sunday. Quick aside. I remember my mom's birthday in 1990, which was the first year I watched football on an obsessive week-to-week basis, was Giants-Bills in 1990, regular season Super Bowl preview. Um, Jim Kelly and Phil Simms both heard in that game. So everyone remembers Jeff Hosteller started in Super Bowl 25 and beat the Bills 20-19. to Phil Simms got hurt on December 15th, 1990, on my mom's birthday um, 29 years ago. So it's pretty funny now that uh, now we are going to Grand Cayman next weekend for a birthday. And when this was uh, originally bandied about a couple months ago, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, like my sister is trying trying to arrange this, like my stepdad, like, oh, like, we're all going to go away for your mom's birthday. I said to them, I was like, look, like, I don't know if I can here. Like, I'm, I'm starting this new job here. I don't know if I can really get away with this here. Um, I get anxiety even now thinking about it and, like, it's happening. And, like, forget about the anxiety I had, like, before, like, I – I was basically like, I I told my mom, like, we need to push this back to February. I can't do this until after the Super Bowl. And then I kind of talked to, like, my agent about it and, like, my girlfriend. And they were like, you know, you need to go, like, for her birthday. Like, stuff like this only happens, like, once a lifetime. You have to go. So, thankfully, like, all my, my employers were all cool with it. So, yeah, I'm going to be on a beach next week, and I'm going to do my best to try and – I'm not going to be able to unplug, though. Like, it's week 16, fantasy football, Super Bowl. Like, there ain't no way I'm unplugging for a full week. What, so, what? fascinated to see how this plays out. Nick, when are you leaving and when are you coming back? So I leave Tuesday the 17th, so next Tuesday, and I am and I made sure that I'm back Saturday the 21st, so I'm back to watch most of the, the games on Saturday because there are three games next Saturday, including Rams 49ers next Saturday night, and then I'll host the Sunday morning show for You Better You Bet. So I made sure that I was back for, for, for the NFL Sunday. Okay, so that's not that bad. You're not oh. missing an NFL Sunday. Well, I can't miss an NFL Sunday, not just because like for work, like I just don't want to. Like I can't, I can't have that. Like it's just, it's not something that I'm about. It's like a religious. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, Nick, I was in Hawaii for an NFL Sunday and I was on vacation for a few days after, because not really a vacation, a work vacation, because I had to call Army at Hawaii. I remember Uh, that. That's, that's not good, dude, to be somewhere. Now I had my phone. But I don't, I don't recommend it. Let's put it that way. So Why? I don't feel as bad now. I don't feel as bad now. Well, because you're just not in the loop on NFL Sunday. I don't I, feel well, as bad. I'll, well, I, I'll be there on Sunday, thankfully, because like I can't like that would be devastating to me, Ross. Like on a personal level, to miss an NFL Sunday. So I'm with you. No, I mean you being there from Tuesday to Saturday, it's not terrible, but it will be tough for you. I will say. I would never, ever, ever schedule a vacation during football season, obviously. Um, and you couldn't get everybody to push it back to February? What the fuck are you talking about, guy? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build a time machine. I'm going to go back in time and talk to my grandparents and be like, you know, maybe maybe, maybe push this up, push this back a couple months here, what you guys are about to do here. Yeah, let, let, let's move this back. You know, it's my mom's fault for being born in December. It's her fault. So we, so we can't go away for her birthday. 
Because they're so cause it they're sounds so like it sounds to me media. like your mom's like. Is it fair to say your mom's selfish? <laughs> no, no, unfair to say. I will play along with almost everything. I will not play along with that. She want she would have moved it back to February if I had made a, a stink about it. Hundred percent. I was not going to do that though. And oh, and I actually had to be talked out of it by people that I that I trust and whose counsel I value. Were like, no, you need to go. So I was I'm I sucked it up and I'm like, I'll yes, I will do it in December. It's not easy what for if, me. What if mom insisted that you stay Sunday? Um, she would not have done that. That's like one of those things where like we talk about hypotheticals that have like a, a literal 0.0% chance of happening. So like she never would have done that. Like if anything, I would have gone back on Saturday by myself and everyone else would have stayed. Like it's a non-negotiable. And she knows that. She never would have would have brought it up. All right, good. All right. So Let's get a little right, bet good. out there. Let's get a little bet out there. Week six, week 15 starts tonight. Ravens minus 16. Minus 16 against the Jets. I know you probably don't bet spreads that big. I, my assumption, if you had to bet tonight, can they cover 16? Well, I, I actually think the number's going to go up. Uh, we had Dave Sharapin from CG oh. Technology, one of the one of the best odds makers in Las Vegas. He comes on You Bet or You Bet Weekly. He was on with us last night on Wednesday night. Dave said he thinks this number's going to hit 17. Well, when kickoff rolls around. Now, if it hits 17, um, there's going to be pushback immediately, so the number won't last. It'll come back down to 16 and a half. But I'm going to try and wait to get the best of the number here with the Jets. It, it's I, I'm, I don't think the Jets can win the game here, but I think if you are going to bet this game, I think the Jets are really the only way to look. It's a really low total in this game. It's only 45 points. So if you get a team that's a 17-point underdog with a 45-point total, like that's just... It's, it's a lot to ask for the favorite to cover that spread. Now, Ravens are probably the best team in football. The Jets are not one of the best teams in football. On the road, on a short week, Jamal Adams is going to be out. Quentin Williams is going to be out. Um, my only fear for the Ravens here in this game, and it actually dovetails in with fantasy as well, like we remember that Monday night game a couple weeks ago when the Ravens just steamrolled the Rams in Los Angeles and Lamar played basically into the fourth quarter until they put a 40 spot on them. And we were all kind of watching the game like, why is Lamar in the game right now? Like, get him out of the game. Like, you won the game already. Don't subject him to unnecessary hits here. You got a Super Bowl to potentially win. So I don't know if we're going to see that now that it's the home stretch, three games to go. Um, so I think there's a chance Lamar doesn't play this whole game tonight if they if they get out to a big lead. I wouldn't play him the whole game. Like, get RG3 in there. Get Let RG3 play a little bit. Rest rest Lamar. That's the MVP of the regular season here. And get ready to win a championship. So that's the, that would concern me from a fantasy perspective and also if I bet the Ravens in this game. So let's wait until kickoff. See if we can get a really high number with the Jets. 17 is what I would look for. And then I would take the points. Otherwise... I would just look to play a player prop in this game, and it would be Marquise Hollywood-Browns over yards and to score a touchdown at any point. He's coming off a really bad game last week, the rookie receiver out of Oklahoma. He's got a ton of speed. There's no way these Jets defensive backs can cover him. And again, like I said, Jamal Adams is not playing in tonight's game. He's doubtful at the very least. So I think Hollywood-Brown gets loose and scores a long touchdown tonight. So Hollywood-Brown props, and I would take the Jets if the number hit 17. Yeah, you know, Nick, it's interesting because I think the Ravens are going to smash the Jets. I don't think the Jets really want any part of this. And I know the Ravens are a little beat up, but they're playing at home. Those people are going to be going crazy. They're going to win by a lot. But last week, I won both with the Redskins getting the points against the Packers. Uh, they scored a late touchdown. I won with the Lions getting the points against the Vikings. They scored a late touchdown. You were on the other side of that, Nick, if I remember correctly. That's my issue. Even when the number was 14 and a half, I can just picture the Ravens being up by 20 or 21 and Sam Darnold driving the Jets down and scoring a touchdown with 48 seconds left. I mean, that to me is sort of the issue or the flaw, whatever you want to call it, when you're betting is that the team is just playing to win. They're not playing to win your bet. And so I have a really tough time ever laying that many points. And I think I would take the Jets just like you. I know you're going to wait to try to get 17. But just because Darnold is the type of quarterback that would go ahead and get that late touchdown for the backdoor cover. 
Yeah, again, we call it strolling through the back door. Like, the back door is going to be open in a big spread like this. It's one of the reasons why I kind of like Oklahoma against LSU in the college football playoff in, the, in that national semifinal. Because the back door is going to be open at the end of the game, most likely here. And I trust Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma to get through it. Same thing with this guy. And it's like, and, and Ross, you bring up a great point. At the end of the game, like, if that scenario presents itself, the Ravens aren't going to be, like, like blitzing him and, like, try. Like, who gives a shit at that point? Like, the game's over at that point. So it's going to be probably against the prevent defense. Well, maybe not with Baltimore, because actually John Harbaugh is actually a really smart coach. So maybe they wouldn't do that. But like that is obviously the concern when when you lay a big number like this, especially with a low total. That's why I think that like there's almost not enough variance unless Baltimore wins 30 to nothing, which again, eminently within the realm of possibility. It would just strictly be a numbers play for me to take the points with the Jets if that number hit 17. Otherwise, like I said, I'm just going to stick with my Hollywood Brown player props. And uh, I'm in a lot of fantasy this weekend, semifinals uh, for season-long leagues, and I'm going to be sweating that out as well tonight. You mentioned the college football playoff and big spreads. I would have taken LSU at minus 12. I would have taken them at minus 14 over Georgia. But you guys beat the hell out of me in case you forgot. Here's what you guys said when I suggested LSU would easily cover by two touchdowns. It's all going to be all right because we're all going to get rich betting Georgia to beat LSU in the SEC championship game. You want chaos? That's where we're going to get chaos. And I think LSU is still going to get into the playoff after they lose to Georgia in the title game. That's the bet that I'm really looking forward to making. Georgia to beat no. LSU in the SEC title game. Oh, yeah. That offense, that conservative, boring offense is going to go toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow. Have you seen Georgia's defense? I have, but look, I, I think I think uh, we'll make a bet as it arrives. I'm taking LSU by two touchdowns. Great. That's oh. that, oh, great. Great. So give, give me, give me Georgia, Georgia plus Yeah, give me Georgia plus 14, Dave, and I'll give you I'll I'll give you 10 to 1 odds on the bet. Done. I'll bet 100 right, bucks. I'll get, get, uh, how about this? I'll give you $1,000 if, if LSU wins by more than 14, and you give me 100 bucks if Georgia covers the 14. How about that? <laughs> oh, how's my 1000 bucks, bro? I, haven't, I have not received that check yet, but that will be my fucking Christmas bonus. I can't wait to get my 1000 bucks. Costa. I got fired. I got You fired me at the beginning of the segment, man. I got I to gotta save this money up, man. <laughs> You, you and I actually Dude. made a bet before before the game, which we will leave off the air, but uh, we will not mention what it was on the air. But yeah, but you you won that bet. What a what a fucking victory parade! Congratulations, Dave. You 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 you, you <laughs> called one game correctly. Good good job, buddy. Here's what's great: every sports book in the country would love to book your action. Go in there and place a couple bets, buddy. Go for it. Dip your toe in the water. <laughs> I did very well country. on that game. That I is hilarious well to me. That, that that is like that is the one thing that I can remember that you totally got right and you were all over and he has them Costos he has the millennial nation pull the audio and play the audio and here's the thing here's how you know how how few calls or bets Dave makes he remembered it to the point where he asked you guys no, because you guys beat the crap out of me. Nice try playing your shit. You guys both know that you guys beat the crap out of me for like two minutes after that. So, well, no. Because your, nice your rationale nice for the try. bet was fucking – you had no rationale. It was just LSU's offense is really That's good. That's the LSU's offense. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dave. I love how you guys flipped this back on me. Dave, nice Nick fucking and I, effort. Nick and I, no, you were just right. Say, Nick, you were just right. say you blew it. Just both of you it. say you blew it. Blew you, it. you thought Georgia's defense was spectacular. It was a terrible bet. They're not. They're not. It was a terrible fucking, well, actually, I don't know if it's, I think just Joe Burrows is fucking transcendent. But like, yes, I blew it. It was a terrible pick. You were right. I was wrong. Dave, here's the difference between Nick and I and you. Nick and I make so many bets. And you make give fake so bets. Much, Nick makes and, bets. And so you much make, advice. No, you yes, don't make I do. Yes, I bets. do. You claim units. You don't make bets. I, <laughs> you don't make- I place units. <laughs> you don't make bets. Costos puts I, his money where his I, mouth is. I place First units. Six. And by the way, Nick and yeah. I, Nick and I give so much advice, and I'm up 30 units, by the way, on my show. You should listen to it. Nick That's and I make correct. so many bits. I don't even remember that. Like, I don't even remember that. What was that yeah. last week, two weeks ago? I don't even remember. Yeah, I Nick a, doesn't I even remember that. Oh, I do. I lost you a lot of money would, on the game. 
You would if it were the other way around, but let's get to the important part. Clemson minus two and a half, LSU minus 12 and a half, college football playoff. Uh, are those spreads going either direction, and where are you now on them? Yeah, yeah, the LSU spread's going to go up. Um, is that what it is right now? Is it 12 and a half right now? Like, because I it was I, at 13 and a half. So let me, just, let me just double check here, and let me see, like, this live board here. So I think that spread is higher. Give me one second here. I have because that changes the handicap. Yeah, I see. Like if they're 12 and a half, 13, I, I think it's probably going to go up to 14. There'll be resistance if and when it hits 14. I, I like Oklahoma um, to cover this number here, especially if I can get 14, then then that's, that's a no-brainer for me. That is the same spread that it was last year um, in the national semifinal between Oklahoma and Alabama. Had Oklahoma in that game as well. So LSU is going to... I don't think there's any question that LSU is going to win the game, right? I, I'm not advocating for Oklahoma to win this game, but I think Oklahoma can definitely do enough to, to stay inside the number here. And I think we're kind of maybe if we look at just what happened on championship Saturday, and I think this is kind of like what human beings do in general. Like we remember what we saw last and what we saw last on championship Saturday was LSU and Joe Burrow to be fair, Dave, like you nailed the game. You were right. Joe Burrow had a transcendent performance. Um, Maybe it's not like the best statistical performance ever because in college you see like these insane stat lines. I thought that was as well a quarterback could potentially could play in a big game at the collegiate level. Like I thought he was absolutely incredible watching the game. I was like, I wasn't even, I was mad that I lost my bet, but I was more kind of in awe of Joe Burrow. Like he was incredible. So that was the last we saw of LSU. They're now the number one team. We saw Oklahoma win the Big 12 on the same day, but they struggled to do it against Baylor. Lincoln Riley coached very conservative. A true freshman came in and threw a couple 80-yard darts in that game. Jacob Zeno for Baylor. And Oklahoma should have won that game fairly easily. Um, so I think that we're actually getting a little value with Oklahoma here. You know, everyone's going to want to take LSU. LSU's going to score a lot of points, but I think OU can score on this defense as well. And it changes the handicap when you have three weeks to prepare for the game. And remember, Lincoln Riley has been there and done that. You know, this is his third college football playoff that he'll be coaching as a, as a head coach at Oklahoma. This is the first go-around for Ed Orgeron, Joe Brady, and, and company at LSU. So again, this is not an insinuation that Oklahoma's going to win the game, but I think it's too many points. So I'll take those points with Oklahoma at the height of the market when, when that gets up to 14. As for the Clemson-Ohio State game, uh, I'll take Clemson whichever way possible. So this line right now is around Clemson minus two. At some point, there's going to be an avalanche of Ohio State money. So that's going to happen. That's what all our odds makers have said on You Better You Bet. So at some point, this is going to come down to like a pick em probably, or maybe Clemson is like a half-point favorite. So Ohio State money is coming in. So if you like Clemson, you can probably wait a little bit and get a better number than Clemson minus two. But for me, Clemson first half, Clemson full game, Clemson money line, love Clemson in this spot. Kind of the same situation. Justin Fields in 100%. Trevor Lawrence is awesome. He's been dialed in ever since the North Carolina near loss. And you got on one side Dabo, who's been there, done that. And for Ryan Day, this is his first go-around as a head coach. Um, again, not saying Ohio State's a bad team, but I'll take Clemson, and I won't even think twice about it. So Clemson and Oklahoma against the spread, my two picks. And I think we'll get a national championship game of Clemson and LSU, which is what everyone wants to see. Okay, what's your over-under on the Giants cleaning house? Gettleman, Shermer, which should go... Or should both of them get out now? Uh, both should go. Both should go. Not even a question. Um, Pat Shermer sucks, but like it's it's like if you go to like a restaurant, right? And like the server fucking sucks. It's like yeah, like the server sucks, but like who fucking fi hired this fucking jabroni? Like it's the manager's fault. Whoever fucking hired the guy ultimately. So like yeah, Pat Shermer's a clown. He can't manage a game. Um, but, like, he didn't fucking just, like, walk into Giant Stadium. It was like, hey, I'm the coach of the team. Like, someone hired him, like, sat in a room and interviewed him and other people and came to the conclusion that this guy was the best man for the job. Idiot. Dave Gettleman should be fucking fired. Of course he should. He drafted a fucking running back second overall in 2018. What a, what a dipshit motherfucker. Fire both of them. Get them both the hell out of here. And John Mara should sell the team, too. Trust fund baby. What the hell that guy ever do? Woke up on third base and thought he had a triple. I hate this team. They should all go. Get Chase Young. Let's reset. New coach, new GM. And I'll feel better moving forward. Nick, talk to me about your emotions this past Monday night with Eli getting that start and it determining whether or not he had a winning record or losing record for his career. He's playing well. He throws a couple bombs to Darius Slayton for touchdowns. I just want to know, I, I want to get inside the psyche of a Giants fan this past Monday night. Well, Eli sucks. So, like, I was getting texts when, like, when from like friends and shit when, um, when the Giants announced that Daniel Jones was going to be out the high ankle sprain and Eli was going to start. Giants are going to win the game. They did almost win the game, which says more about the Eagles than it does about the Giants. Eli's terrible. 
I wanted the Giants to lose on Monday night. A win would have been like, it, this is why Giants fans are, are so stupid. And it's just fans in general. And, I, and you know what? I, I can be dumb as it comes to fandom as well. But like the Giants, I feel like I'm pretty dialed in. Any Giants fan that was rooting for the team to win on Monday night is a fucking idiot. A fucking idiot. Why would you want the team to for the nostalgic moment that means nothing in the grand scheme of things? The Giants should be about one thing right now. Chase Young, the Ohio State pass rusher. Bengals are going to get the number one pick. They're going to pick Joe Burrow because they, they need a quarterback of the future. They're not going to take Chase Young. The Giants need to have the number two pick so they can take the electric, you know, transcendent generational pass rusher on the board. Like the Giants winning on Monday night would have been a fun. Oh, now Eli's above 500 for his career. And what a great moment this is. Everyone's going to forget about it. because It's a bullshit fucking game between two bad teams in fucking December. Who cares? Lose the game. Set the franchise up for future success. I feel like you're more of a fan. You're a better Giants fan if you rooted for the team to lose on Monday night than you are if you're rooting for the team to win. It was a great result for the Giants organization on Monday night. So with all the pain you've been through as a Giants fan, how much better do you feel about life given Garrett Cole and that massive deal? Um, well, I, I, we did get two Super Bowls here in the last like you know, 15 years. So the guy hasn't been all bad as a Giants fan. So the, we did get the two rings with Eli, which was great. The Garrett Cole signing yeah. was awesome. Um, it was one of those where like I actually felt like when the signing happened, the first thing I thought was the spirit of George Steinbrenner is alive and well. Like wherever George is right now, George is smiling because that was a Steinbrenner move. $300 million, nine years for a starting pitcher. People are going to be like, oh, how could you pay this guy $300 million? Guess what? Ain't my money. I don't give a fuck. Go win me a championship. I'm a fan. I'm not paying for this guy. I'm not going. I ain't going to Yankee Stadium and spending twenty dollars on a beer. That ain't me. That can be some other jabroni. That's not going to be me. So ain't my money. I don't care. Um, I loved it. And if we actually look, guys, and the Yankees, the World Series odds are four to one. That's it obviously is crazy. I don't think it's it, it's really bettable at that number. But if you look at the American League, I don't really think there's a case to be made for any team even really challenging the Yankees. Like nope. the Indians, the Indians are on the way down. Like Lindor is going to get dealt probably this offseason. The Twins, I think, outperformed expectations last year. They don't have the starting pitching. I think they're going to regress. The Angels with Joe Madden, I know they're about to sign Anthony Rendon. They're not ready at that level to compete with the Yankees. The Astros, who the hell knows what's going to happen to the Astros in terms of suspensions, and the Yankees just took their best pitcher away from them. The Red Sox might trade Mookie Betts. This is a team, and might trade David Price. This is a team that might take a step back purposefully here to kind of rebuild for a future run. I think there's really only one team in the American League, and I can't believe I'm saying this, that you think it may be challenged the Yankees here. And let's see what the White Sox do, and, and even not at that level still, but the White Sox have a nice little thing going here. And it would kind of be Tampa Bay. Like, the Rays quietly under the radar won 96 games last year. They got a really good pitching staff with, with Snell, obviously, and Charlie Morton and Tyler Glass now. But are the Rays really going to beat the Yankees when it comes down to it in a five- or seven-game series in October? Like, I don't think that's going to be the case. So I think the Yankees, like, their season almost starts next year in the World Series, whether it's against the Dodgers, whether it's against, you know, the Nats, the Braves. I actually kind of like the Cincinnati Reds a little bit in the National League next year. That's when I think the World Series starts. I think the National League is going to be a hell of a lot more interesting this year, guys, than the American League. American League, it's, it's clearly, clearly the Yankees. And I'm not just saying that as a fan. That's just objective analysis now. Nick, as far as Garrett Cole's concerned, do you like or care that the Yankees just outspend everybody else? Like, does it, does that, I know it doesn't bother you. Does it, is there part of you that you kind of like it? Like, yeah, we're just better than you. Like, we just, we can just outspend you. How, what do you think? Yes, I think you love it. Well, can I ask, can, can I, may I answer your question with a question? Sure. How would you feel if you were a Yankee fan? I, I, I would love it. <laughs> of course you would. Yeah, you know why? Because it's awesome. Absolutely. It's one of those things where, like, look, I don't want anyone to ever call me a front runner. I'm a Knicks fan, Giants fan, Rangers fan, Yankees fan, win or lose my entire life. I think that it's like, remember I said John Mara was like born on third and thought he hit a triple. Like you're born a Yankee fan. It's like you're born on third base. And I'm aware of it. And I kind of really revel in it. It's awesome. I, I root for a basketball team that has won one playoff series in 20 years. So please allow me to indulge when my favorite baseball team sends $300 million on a starting pitcher. I think it's great. And I love rooting for them. I imagine this what this must be what it's like to like grow up in Durham and root for Duke. Or like grow up in Los <laughs> Angeles and root for the Lakers. I think it's awesome. I love it. Especially when my other teams are losing. I can always count on the Yankees to at least try to win. Unlike the Knicks, who seemingly try to lose. 
I would absolutely love it. I, I only hate big contracts because I'm a Rockies fan, and I knew when we signed Nolan Arenado two years, three years later, we were going to be trying to trade him and have to pay a portion of his salary because that contract is going to break our organization. Sucks being a team with no money. I would you know love what? if Give him I to the were Yankees. a Yankees he'd, fan. He'd, he'd look great at Yankee Stadium. Nolan he probably Arenado. will. He should be a Yankee. He probably will. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I'm a Phillies fan, okay? So the, the team Phillies just spent a ton like, of money, Ross. Like a ton of money they just spent, dude. I know, I know. So that's my point. Like, the Phillies are like, they're not the number one spender. They're not like the Yankees, but they're willing to spend. Yeah. So, like, if the Phillies got Garrett Cole, and I talked about this yesterday, Nick, I'd be like, yeah, World Series. Phil-. But because they didn't, baseball sucks. They should have a salary cap. Starting pitching's overrated. Like, Yankees fan can only have it one way. A Rockies fan can only have it one way. As a Phillies fan, I, I get to go both ways. I, I get to teeter there. If we I get Bryce Harper, know. I'm excited. If the Yankees or someone like that gets Garrett Cole, then I can say baseball sucks. They paid too much. I hate it. But if we had gotten them, I, I would feel differently. So it's all about you. I, I Ross, you're, I feel like you're starting to embrace your inner selfish bastard. I think, and I for one think it's glorious and magnificent. It's all about you and what you want. I agree completely. I would Thank feel you. the same way. You're welcome. Costos is here for selfish bastard Ross Tucker. Costos, appreciate the time, man. I, I guess we're out of it since you got a bunch of radio hits to do. Enjoy the Caymans. I, I, I recommend, uh, yes. What? go ahead. I get, I, we could do another couple of minutes if you guys want. I can do like five more you minutes. Got, totally up to you guys. Shit. The more Costos, the better. Well, let me we ask, like our- let me ask Nick, Nick, let me ask you this then. Okay. Talking about, you know, selfish bastards and all that shit. What has been your reaction to the latest Patriots thing? Oh uh, man. I, I don't really like, I don't care. Like I, I, like I really don't. The one thing that I kind of, I kind of so the Spygate thing with the Rams in the first Super Bowl, I feel like it's probably like a legitimate gripe for people to have. Like, I, I don't think it really matters anymore because of what they've been able to do in the second run that they've had. So, like, I think that what's kind of gotten lost and what people are going to remember a little bit, like as as time kind of moves on here, the Patriots went from 2004 until Super Bowl 48 against the Seahawks, which was, I think it was over, it was definitely over, or it was 10 years, right, 2014. They went a decade in between Super Bowl championships after after the initial run of three and four years. So, like, the fact that they've won this next group of three here after all that shit happened, to me, it's like, I don't want to hear the Patriot cheating shit. Here's the bottom line. They win every year. They have the best coach. They have the best preparation. They outsmart everybody. They outfox everybody. And I'm a New Yorker saying that about a Boston team. It's just the fact of the matter. I don't think that they need to cheat. Were they? Maybe. Looking for a competitive edge. To me, I got to tell you, man, I really don't care because film or no film, that team's going to outwork you and they're going to outsmart you. And it's the greatest dynasty of all time. And I hate to say that as a New Yorker, but like it's hard to have anything but love and respect for like what the Patriots have done. And by the way, um, in case you guys haven't seen it as a quick aside, and sorry to like take this in another direction, but if you guys have not seen the Belichick Saban documentary on HBO, it was absolutely mesmerizing. Incredible. Awesome. So you guys definitely need to invest the time and watch that sometime soon. Why? Tell me why. Well, Belichick and Saban have been like, I think like this is out there, right? Everyone knows this because Saban was Belichick's defensive coordinator in Cleveland. And they had that great coaching staff in Cleveland, like all these coaches that were like head coaches or like like personnel guys that came on to be general managers. They've been really good friends for a long time, like really good friends for like since they were like in their 20s. I actually didn't know that. Like so like Saban worked under Belichick's dad at the Naval Academy when they were like in like their early 20s. So they've been friends for a long time. And it's basically Saban and Belichick sitting in a room railing against kind of like old man, like like uh, yelling at cloud sort of deal except instead of like random old dude it's like most accomplished coach in the nfl most accomplished college coach and they're talking about all this shit that like they never would say otherwise like there's a lot of good shit in there like saban saying at one point that the thing that pisses him off is when his assistant coaches and he actually mentions georgia and tennessee so he's talking about jeremy pruitt and kirby smart like he didn't say their names but like it's obvious who he's talking about and what pisses saban off is when he helps coaches like that 
get head coaching jobs, and then they want to take people from his staff and don't understand that it's bullshit that he's helped get them get to where they're at, and then they want to hurt what he's trying to build and everything that he's done. And Belichick's kind of like says the same thing about the coaches that he's had underneath him that go to take other jobs. Like he wants them to succeed, but like don't try and poach my coaching staff. Like Bel, Bel like it's it's just fascinating because there's all like these like little behind the scenes references that they make in regards to seasons that they've had that you would never hear these guys talk about in the media. Like. You're a football fan, like you guys are football fans. Like, it, and I, look, I, I'm not getting paid by HBO to say this. It was just like enthralling content. Like, you got to see it. Like, Ross, you're a big football fan. Like, dude, you would you would eat this shit up. It was awesome. I think even if you're not a football fan, you'd enjoy it. Um, my wife sat in on a few minutes of that, and she, as someone who's seen Bill Belichick on television for so long, didn't realize that Bill Belichick existed. Who is actually a very interesting, engaging thoughtful and brilliant person because you don't get to hear that bill uh, in the press conferences and the sound bites on the TV she sees. Yeah, it is excellent television. I don't know if anyone else can get that Bill Belichick. It was the real, the real deal, the real bill that uh, probably only Saban sees or, or some of those that are close to him. Speaking of real, uh, before, we, before we let you go, Costos, real or fake? Which do you prefer? Christmas um, trees. I was going to say, like, who, why, why, would, why do I have to pick? Christmas trees, real or fake? Oh, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about breasts. And I'm a fan yes. of both. Yes. Yeah, yes. I don't want to talk, talk about fucking Christmas trees. We're going to talk about breasts. Yeah, I'm a fan of both. Um, Christmas trees, I got a fake one here because, like, I don't want to deal with like watering it and shit, but like if I had to choose one, like the real Christmas tree is obviously better to get like the pine smell. I'm a big fan of real Christmas trees. I just don't have them because I don't want to deal with the bullshit. Like there's a lot of bullshit that comes with a real Christmas tree. And if like I live like moving with my girl, we get a real Christmas tree. Like I know this is fucked up. I, my girlfriend's going to take care of the tree. Like I know that. Like I don't want to take care of the fucking tree, but I like the tree. I like the real tree. So I choose real trees. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Nick. You, how old are you? 36. And you live by yourself. I do. Why do you have a Christmas tree at all? Well, I've lived by myself for like a decade now, and I've never had a Christmas tree. And I kind of have always been like, I think I would like to have one. Because like, I like shit like that. Like, I'm, I'm into like the sentimental holiday shit. Like, brings a smile to my face when I look at the Christmas tree over there. And my girl was like, you need to have it. Why don't you have a Christmas tree? And I'm sitting there thinking, it's a really good question. One that I don't have an answer to. So let's get a Christmas tree. And I really like it. So I'm into the Christmas tree. I'm into all that shit, believe it or not. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Stockings too? Sure. I, I'm into the whole, that, like, I, I had a, a really, like, like, this is a cool thing to say. And, like, I had a really good childhood. So, like, growing up, my family was really into Christmas. The Christmas was always, like, a huge thing. Like, my dad loved Christmas, rest his soul. So, like, Christmas was always awesome in my house growing up. Um, and I, I hope everyone kind of had that experience or will have that experience with their with their families. So, like, I, I'm into all the pageantry with Christmas. I generally, like, I know I come across as, like, a curmudgeonly asshole on this show, but I can be pretty sentimental with a lot of this shit. I just think life's really short and you got to celebrate whenever necessary. So, a Christmas tree, something to make you smile. Like, life's, life's, life ain't easy. So like the fact that I can look at my Christmas tree a couple times a day and smile, I feel like is, is pretty cool. So I'm into it. The warm, tender side of Nick Costos. I, knew I definitely he had prefer it real. I knew he you, had you it. You knew it? Him. Well, because Ross and I, I worked Costos. together in the past. Yeah, Ross and I have worked I together Costos. in the past. So yeah. I love Costos Ross. And, like, and, and Ross is a great dude. And I, you know, I feel the same way about you. Like, like Ross and like, Ross and I, Dave, have spent a lot of time together outside of like doing shit like this. Ross is... Yeah one of the most genuine, funny dudes, like a legitimately like a tour de force in terms of comedy when he doesn't mean to and when he's trying to. The guy is absolutely <laughs> fucking hilarious. So like I, I have spent time with Ross and just where I laugh the entire, normally like I'm the one that's making people laugh and holding court. When I'm with Ross, like I, I don't talk as much because he's fucking hilarious and he holds court. So, and I mean that as like the highest compliment possible. You guys want to hug it out? I mean, this is nice. <laughs> I don't want I, mean, I would I would rather hug him than you because at least he's got a beard. <laughs> and with you, I, f I feel some sort of way. <laughs> Given that look you got going on right now, buddy. All right, let's let him go. Right. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> I, I will have facial hair the next time we see you, my man. Nick Costos <laughs> is out of here, off to the Caymans. Enjoy right. it, brother. Good Appreciate to see you, it. buddy. Thank you, Thank you Ross have and Detective fun, Dick. I'll catch up with you guys soon.
Well, that was a that was a lot, as it often is with the great Nick Costos. You better, you bet. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna dive into the cheating scandal, Spygate Two. We'll go in our radio.com red zone around the country top stories around sports around the country and we will start with what's going on with spygate after a quick break and this cafe altura's coo dylan miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too by signing up at ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. In fact, after posting his job on ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was stunned how quickly great candidates were applying found that new director of coffee in just a few days. For some reason, it was not me. Results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire and check it out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter. Smallest way to hire. After a quick break, we'll dive into the Thursday night football matchup between the Ravens and the Jets and why one player says you should lay off. They should protect Lamar Jackson. And the Radio.com Red Zone starts with Spygate 2 after a quick break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Who is the signature cheater in sports history? When you think of sports, Cheating in sports, who comes to mind? Radio.com, brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com, the smartest way to hire. Time for our Radio.com Red Zone, where we go around the country and get reaction, whether it's callers or hosts or rants or guests, weigh in on the biggest sports stories in the country. We'll start that Red Zone in Boston, W-E-E-I, where they continue to deal with with the fallout from Spygate 2, before we get to our friends at EEI, Roger Goodell weighed in yesterday and said it's under review. We're going to be thorough and take our time. Asked about the Patriots' history of Spygate 1, he said, yes, that's a factor, but most important is this incident and not their history. On WEEI was one of many former Patriots who are in the national media, all of them to this point, have defended the Patriots' tactics in recent years. After we hear from the legend Teddy Bruschi is Seth Wickersham, ESPN investigative reporter, on what these allegations mean to him. Listen. Now, shame on the Patriots for screwing it up. You know, they, they screwed it up. But come on. And, and this is what it's going to become? This the Spygate 2? Come on, Teddy. Yeah, well, I, I like the word foolish. To have that thought of, well, why don't we film that? Um, that's where the foolishness comes in. Yeah. And to me, it's a very serious mistake. I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's a lose-your-job type of mistake or anything like that, but all of this now, you just don't want to reopen that wound because it's there and people remember it, and the success has continued for this team. And along with that success comes a lot of hate, and from the hate, they all look for the reason to pounce again. And here we are. Are you, like, tired of defending the Patriots? 
um, somebody's got to do it, you know, <laughs> and if it's got to be me, it's going to be me. And I've done that before. If I got to help some people understand that's fine with me. I think they're very, they're very good in working with me in terms of, I never am told what to say or anything like that. It, it is one way that I see it. And it's been the Patriot way because it's the only organization I've played for. People, I mean, sometimes they just look for the easy way out. They look for the easy way out to explain the success, to explain the dominance over their team, to explain why that the Patriots have been successful for so long. Yeah. And it's easy people to it's easy for people to see it this way rather than say, man, you know what? They're just good. You know, and they're, the coach is smarter, the quarterback's better, the defense has players that are just better than ours, and they, it's harder for them to see that because it would, it would, it would have, for them, to, they'd have to, it, it helped them explain their own inadequacies as a football organization and as a team. So that's harder to do. This is the easier thing to do. Yeah, and, and for him to expound on that like, like that is the other side of it is he knows it's serious, and he knows what this can end up leading to. Teddy Bruschi, the legend uh, on WEEI, the former linebacker, my favorite, probably all-time Patriot right there. But, okay, Ross, yes, they have the best coach. They have the best quarterback. That's what pisses everyone off so much, that they do play dirty, that they do cheat, and that they do spy. They're not mutually exclusive. They can be doing both. I agree. And so... I, I, look, I love Teddy. One of my favorite guys uh, when I was up there. I just really have respect for him and the way he goes about his business and his life. thought he said something there that was really interesting. He's going to always talk about the Patriot way because it's the only way he knows. Well, that's where he and I differ. You know, I obviously wasn't as good of a player, but... I played for five teams, one of which was the Patriots. I played for nine different head coaches. So I know that the Patriot way is not the way it is everywhere else. And their success is primarily as a result of having the best head coach and the best quarterback and frankly, a lot of other really good players, which is why I think he and other Patriot players during this 20-year run should be even more frustrated with the organization for the series of mistakes that took place for them to be in this situation once again, where people can once again be skeptical and once again be calling their their accomplishments into question. For an organization that is so detail-oriented to have at least three or four things be off in this situation, it's really bad, really poor. And frankly, I'm not that guy that calls for people to lose their jobs. I'm just not. I, I don't believe in that. It's, I, I've lost my job several times. It's not fun. But this is serious enough, and there's been a failure here by somebody somewhere, and we can debate whether or not Belichick knew about it or should have known about it, but someone should be better than this. And it does. It does reflect on those players because what you hear outside of New England is that's the reason they've won the Super Bowls, when that is certainly not the reason that they've won six rings, but it certainly is justified if you're a fan outside New England and you see repeated behavior. Seth Wickersham, ESPN investigative reporter, was also on WEEI and has a different perspective about these allegations. He weighed in on this. Seems more stupid than sinister. You know, I... It is inexplicable how an employee of the New England Patriots can set up a camera and fix it at an opponent's team sideline for eight minutes. And, you know, I don't know what the penalty, if there's going to be one for that, is going to be. Spygate hurt Bill Belichick. There's no question about it. You can say whatever you want about 
whatever advantage they might have gained from it. And there's obviously some dispute between what he said and what other people, even on the own staff, on those Patriots staffs have said. But, you know, what's happened since then is this guy has done an amazing job of coaching and it has to just kill him that his picture is up under a banner that says Spygate 2 when, you know, I think it is plausible that, you know, he's telling the truth when he said that he had nothing to do with this and didn't know that it happened. Still not budging from my original position that this is too stupid to possibly be true for the smartest man in all of professional sports. That was Seth Wickersham, ESPN investigative reporter on WEI. But I can't escape. The truth of the matter is that nothing happens in Foxborough. Nothing happens with that organization without the explicit approval of Bill Belichick who rules the organization with an iron fist. And Ross, would that happen in your estimation? You played there. Would they be even shooting a television show, do your job, about an advanced scout on the road if Bill Belichick had not approved it, in your experience? Well, he would have had to have approved, I think, an advanced scout being filmed. And what they do being filmed. Because they might have a different process than other people. I don't know if he would go through and then watch the footage to make sure nothing proprietary gets out. But you are talking about an organization, Dave, that guards every shred, every iota of information like it is absolutely top secret. So it's interesting to me that a guy that, let's be honest, is such a dick when he's talking to the media. For a guy that hates the media as much as Belichick, he sure does like doing these documentaries. And every year when they win the Super Bowl, they interview Belichick and the coaches. You know, he does these other things to do your jobs. You know, for a guy that hates the media as much as he does, he sure does like documenting when the Patriots have success so he can kind of have those lifelong pat on your back, doesn't he? That's kind of an interesting dichotomy. I'm not mad at him for it, you know? (laughs) If I won a bunch of Super Bowls, I'd want NFL films to be there. I'd want NFL films to be filming me and have all kinds of, documentaries for my kids and grandkids and whatever about the success we had. But it is an interesting dichotomy between how he treats the media, which I think, frankly, is very unprofessional, versus this, these documentaries. I mean, they wouldn't even be doing this Do Your Job series unless he wanted it. Do Your Job is his thing. And I think he wants that to be documented. There is no chance none whatsoever that he would let them film what a pro scout does and advanced scout does on the road without his approval. So I do believe he knew that there was going to be a camera crew following uh, an advanced scout. I also think that the advanced scout should have had some idea what the video crew was filming during the game. But you know, Dave, That's the beauty of the whole thing. Release the footage. Here's how I feel about Dave. If they don't release the footage, I will choose to believe. And I'm I'm glad, by the way, to hear Roger Goodell say that they're going to be thorough and they're going to take their time. Because it sounded initially like from Mark Maskey that they were going to kind of quickly dismiss this no big deal, no discipline, brush it under the rug. I'd much rather hear that they're going to be thorough. I'll say this, though, Dave. Unless that footage is released, I will choose to believe that the NFL is brushing it under the rug. Until they release that footage so people like you and me can see exactly what it was, then I'm going to believe that I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to believe that the NFL is hiding something. 
I have to say, I don't want them to be thorough here. This should be this should be 24 hours. There shouldn't require much investigation here. I mean, this should be as quick as possible. Here's the video. Let's sit down with Kraft and Belichick in a room, and there's a report that Roger Goodell and Bob Kraft met at the owners' meetings yesterday. This seems much easier to solve than, say, Spygate 1 or Deflategate. Good Lord. Remember, Deflategate was, I think, 540-plus days. This seems like it ought to be pretty quick. And uh, we do both agree. The video has to be out there. I don't think they were cheating. I think it is too stupid to be true. But I think we can satisfy all critics, all answers by just putting the video out there. Don't think we're going to see it. I don't think there's any chance we're going to see that video. And so the suspicions will remain and some will put Bill Belichick on their Mount Rushmore of all time sports cheaters who are the faces of cheating in sports history. They talked about that on 95, seven, the game out there in the Bay area in terms of the great cheaters of all time. Do the Patriots deserve to be a part of that conversation? We continue our radio.com red zone with 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area. 95.7 The Game. You get the first pick in the cheater draft, Eric. Who you taking? Astros, of course. I'm a Dodgers fan. You get the second overall pick in the cheaters draft. Only the Houston Astros are off the board. What are you doing? I could go with a lot of sports athletes, but I'm going to go with my guy. Rest in peace. He, he lies. He cheats. He steals. Who? My guy, Eddie Guerrero. You have the third overall pick. What do you got? I'm surprised he's here. Barry Bonds. You have the fourth overall pick. Bill Clinton. Ooh, thank you very much. <laughs> I'll take it. No one's going to argue with that. Cheater draft. Fifth overall pick. Last Sixth overall pick. Who you take? I think anybody who takes steroids to punch somebody in the head. So I'm going to pick Brock Lesnar. That's my choice for that. Brock Lesnar. Cheater draft. You have the seventh overall pick, Duke. Who you taking? I got a good one for y'all, man. I don't know why nobody picked this. I got to go with old Jeb Bush. Who uses dead people to win votes, man? If that ain't cheating, I don't know what the hell is. You get the eighth overall pick. Got to keep it with Scott because the Patriots there. You're going Patriots. Yeah, why not? But Patriots should absolutely make the, the, the list. Absolutely. Ninth overall pick, Robert. What are you taking? I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little controversial here. I think that trans, trans, transgender women that compete as women, I think that there's a disadvantage of their own uh, little uh, competition. Uh, Robert? I'm not sure that's part of the draft. Robert, love you. Thank you. Not touching that answer with a 10-foot pole. Ninth overall pick. What do you got for us? Uh, maybe a tie between Trump, if he hasn't been mentioned, and maybe the uh, Patriot Ball Boys from Deflategate. <laughs> the deflators. Yeah, and how about this? Let's go people with balls. That is excellent. That is the cheater draft on 95-7, the game in the Bay Area. Ross Tucker, what did you make of their picks? And who would be your number one pick in the draft? You know, you know what we should do, Dave? Because this is what I was thinking about. We should do a liar draft. Because there are cheaters and then there are liars. Like when I think of cheating, okay, in sports, yeah. I think of Lance Armstrong because I think of all of like the like yeah. the one-on-one -on -one interviews he did. Where he would be so Lied. like so confident, and I mean, um, who's my guy, the Raphael Palmero? I never, ever have cheated, <laughs> have taken any steroids, and then like six months later, he gets busted. I actually like. There's a lot of people I think that cheat in sports. I am more intrigued by the liars, like the people that can sit there and look at another human being or look at a camera and be that fervent in their lie. I just, I think that that is a character flaw that in my mind, 
you can never come back from. Like, I, I, I just wouldn't be able to do that. Like, I, I, I don't know how you do that. I actually, uh, the third one would be, so I got Lance Armstrong, Raphael Palmero. My mm-hmm. third would be, was it Roger Clemens that said that his steroid guy was injecting <laughs> his wife in the bedroom, but not him or something like that? That was amazing, too. Yeah, yeah, that that was an amazing uh, turn of blame there. I, I, too, think of Lance Armstrong in particular because of the attitude he took in the repeated interviews. So it was the it was the combination, to your point, of the cheating and the lying. For me, it's only two people that and just in terms of that pop into my mind, it's Lance Armstrong and it's Barry Bonds because of the command of the sport. Barry Bonds took there because of the historic record that Barry Bonds broke and the assault on the record books. And and because we'll never really know what to believe or what not to believe, he really changed the sport of baseball. Now, in Lance Armstrong's defense, that sport until now, perhaps in that era, it was filthy. It was dirty. Everybody was cheating. So he probably had to cheat to get an edge on an entire field of cheaters. Remember when they tried to give uh, some of the medals to somebody that was clean and had not failed a test? Well, it was impossible. They had to go so far down, uh, they, they couldn't even find a clean winner. So Barry Bonds for me, Lance Armstrong, uh, certainly Roger Clemens de- deserves to be part of that conversation. Bill Clinton did come to mind. I, I got to admit, that certainly was in the top five for me. But it's amazing to me, Ross, how we've forgotten about Alex Rodriguez. The amazing rehabilitation of some cheaters while others will forever be kind of villainous. Like Lance Armstrong really still has not returned to the public domain, even though... You could argue he's the greatest of them all because if you if you look at what happened because Lance Armstrong cheated, that guy raised more than $250 million to fight cancer. He changed the game in cancer worldwide. Like, who has a... I mean, forget about what he did with the Tour de France uh, wins. If you take that all away and just focus on what he did for cancer, he's one of the great athletes of all time in terms of what he accomplished outside of his sport. But how is it that we just totally forget and forgive some cheaters and don't others? I mean, Alex Rodriguez is is just as pop, probably as popular, if not more than he ever has been. People completely forgot and forgave his cheating. I'll give you another one and it's different, but nobody even remembers what Kobe did. Nobody even remembers what Kobe did or cares. Now, it's a different type of cheating. He was married. Um, But I always find that interesting, too. Like, I, it's weird. I feel like I'm a forgiving person, but I don't forget. Like, I don't forget. Like, and I'm I'm just not really here for that. Uh, I don't really believe in that. I'm not, like, acting like I'm a perfect person or a saint or anything like that. I just... I, I have a problem with that. So like guys like Kobe, guys like Tiger Woods, I don't root for for them. In fact, I probably root against them because I'd rather see people that I think are good guys have success mm. as opposed yeah. to people I think are bad guys. And I think both those guys are bad guys, but I'm in the minority. People love Kobe. People love Tiger Woods. People can't wait for Tiger Woods to go ahead and win. Yet I just think about him having, you know, this wife and these small children and him doing what he did. I think he's a scumbag and I don't want him to win. Dylan Burns, one of our millennials here, says Barry Bonds is the best player of all time. I would agree with Dylan Burns. He could have been the best baseball player of all time. He is a five-tool phenomenon. Could do everything well, everything exceptionally well. He would have been a Hall of Famer if he never took anything. Now, Mike Trout is the best baseball player of all time. 
and there is not a whisper of him being dirty at all, he will smash every record of every modern-day ball player. That's the best player of all time. Interesting, though, to discuss the all-time greatest cheaters in sports history. Love to get a poll up on that. Uh, an at-RDC, home-and-home poll, number one cheater of all time. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, there was no cheating when breaking the all-time record for the cannonball run. That's not the movie from 1981. It's the drive from New York to Los Angeles. We'll have the man who helped break that record. They did it in 27 hours and 25 minutes, which makes absolutely no sense. Doug Tabbitt joins us after a quick break. But first, let's talk about another friend, Gretchen Hebner, because hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company, and she knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience, invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. See why? ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We're back with the man who drove from New York to L.A. in 27 hours, 25 minutes, coast to coast, a world record. Hey, everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.